friends, welcome to the Scripture Study Project, our podcast dedicated to helping you discover the scriptures in a fresh way, investing your mind and heart into your personal study, and connecting to God in your everyday life. We are your hosts, Zach and Krista Horton, and we are excited to be here today. We're going to be studying in this week's study, Mosiah's chapter 4 through 6, Mosiah, not Mosiah's, and we're really grateful and excited today. We have a guest with us today that we're really excited to introduce you guys to and that we get to learn from. Um, We have Brandon Porter with us today. Hi, Brandon. Hello. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, Just a brief intro. Brandon, I'll brag about you because I'll say things that you probably won't say about yourself and then you can speak for yourself. But um, we've known Brandon for a long time and, um, he's, uh, done just about everything in seminaries and institutes that there is to do. He's, uh, taught seminary at high schools and junior high schools. I, I, uh, went to go, I took over for him at a junior high school and it was the hardest thing I ever had to do. Luckily the ninth graders that I had weren't his ninth graders, so they didn't remember him. Otherwise I would have been in real trouble, but, um, He's he's uh, written curriculum for seminaries and institutes, and he's taught institutes. So he's he's done just about all there is to do, um, and uh, and just a gifted teacher, incredible and insightful student of the gospel. And um, so this is this is quite the honor to have him with us. So there you go, Brandon. Now you can talk about what you want to talk about. <laughs> Oh, you're, that's very gracious of you to say. I think the only reason it was hard for you to follow in that assignment was because I took all of the pens with me when I left. <laughs> Otherwise, you wouldn't have had any challenges. Uh, you know, I've just been very grateful for the chance to get to be a part of this uh, organization and get to associate with wonderful people like like the two of you and been very blessed to get to learn from the two of you throughout these years and grateful to get to continue to do so in this format. Well, it's, it's really a pleasure to have us, have you with us. Um, just out of curiosity, um, what's, what's a coronavirus closure like in, in your neck of the woods? Well, it's, it's brought out a variety of different activities. We've, We've had a neighborhood dance party where a DJ came and set up and each family was assigned a yard and you just got out and danced. We've had a uh, lip sync music video battle. We've done luminaries. Uh, My wife and I did a date night where we took the seats out of our van and went and got takeout and ate in the back of the van and played a game in the back of the van to try to find a way to get a date in. So it's fostered new creativity. Wow, I'm impressed. Those are I'm glad you asked that question, Zach. Those are very impressive activities. Well, that's the end of the episode. Hope that everyone learned something, <laughs> take some notes, and there you go. Uh, I I encourage you to give it a shot. It's it's fun to to see people come out and be able to have a fun shared experience like that. That's cool. Well, glad to hear that everything's going well for you guys and um, to all of our listeners out there, we we hope that things are going equally as well for you. And if not, we're 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 praying and and uh, 
and hoping that things get better. So um, we want to dive in. I'll do just a brief introduction, and then um, we've got a really great question that we'll study. Um, as always, of course, we'll give you a couple of ideas. Brandon will give you some great ones, um, but the power in your scripture study is going to come from you as you open up and as you uh, study on your own. But um, if you remember last week, um, we're in King Benjamin's powerful address. And in chapter three, um, he relates this message that he's been given by an angel. And it is so incredibly powerful that at the beginning of chapter four, his people, uh, the, the record records what his people have experienced. And I just want to read a couple of things that they've experienced. In verse two, it says they viewed themselves in their own carnal state, even less than the dust of the earth. And they all cried aloud with one voice saying, oh, have mercy and apply the atoning blood of Christ that we may receive forgiveness for our sins and our hearts may be purified. For we believe in Jesus Christ, the son of God who created heaven and earth and all things who shall come down among the children of men. Um, I love that as they, their experience or their, their responses, that they are able to see themselves more clearly. In verse 6, they receive a new knowledge. King Benjamin says that they now have a knowledge of the goodness of God and his matchless power and wisdom and patience and long-suffering. Um, in verse 3, it says that they feel um, a joy. They're filled with joy and receive remission of their sins. In verse 10, they are going to be more obedient. King Benjamin says, if you believe all these things, see that you do them. And then in verse 12, at, well, in a lot of these verses, it talks about them becoming something different. They're not just going to receive a remission of their sins. They're going to retain a remission of their sins. And in verse 13, they're not going to have a mind to injure one another. They're going to live peaceably, and they're, they're going to become different people. So King Benjamin speaks to him a little bit more in chapter 4, and then chapter 5, uh, the people themselves describe their experience, and it's the very same thing. There's a change in their knowledge, in their feelings, in their actions, and in their very character. Verse 2, it says, in the middle of the verse, we know of a surety of the truth. So there's a change in their knowledge. Um, they experience a mighty change in their hearts. There's a change in their hearts. We have no more disposition to do evil. There's a change in their behavior and their actions, um, and they've become something different. Uh, they become the children of Christ, which we'll talk more about in this episode. What I like about that is that this experience is so powerful for them and can be so powerful for us that it prompts this change, not just in our heart, but in our knowledge, in our feelings, in our actions, and in our very nature, in who we are. And so the question we want to ask in this episode is, what is it that causes that kind of change in us uh, and maybe can help us facilitate that kind of change in others. And so that's the question we want to ask. And uh, Brandon, we turn the mic over to you to give us a, your thoughts, your first answer and, and uh, kick it off. Uh, thank you. That, that's a, a beautiful synopsis and and lens through which to view these these chapters and this experience to lead out this quote from elder holland came to mind it it gives a lot of hope to me it has it continues to and i i love 
I love its simplicity. He said, everything in the gospel teaches us that we can change if we really want to, that we can be helped if we truly ask for it, that we can be made whole, whatever the problems of the past. So one of my favorite messages of these chapters is this illustration of this truth that because of Jesus Christ, we can truly change. You referenced a change in the nature of these people. And I can just testify of the power that Jesus Christ has to truly change our nature. I believe as an important mechanism in that change, if you go back to chapter 4, verse 2, is the fact that these people, well, connected, connected to this verse uh, and chapter 3, what King Benjamin taught there, these people have been taught with beauty and clarity uh, and directness doctrine pertaining to Jesus Christ, who he is as their Savior and as their Redeemer. And they've also been taught about their true nature, their true standing, um, their nothingness as well as uh, the doctrine of the natural man or woman. And so by virtue of declaration of truth, and from the looks of it, the, re- uh, the receptivity of these people, they've been able to see themselves as they are. And as they see themselves, they recognize they have a need to change. I be- they, they are good people. In the fact that they're responsive to a righteous king, they've they've come uh, to hear his word. They've come ready to offer sacrifice. And maybe that explains why King Benjamin is able to speak with certain boldness. They're of sufficient spiritual maturity that they can they can respond properly to it. But having seen the reality of Christ and their absolute need for him. They then, in verse 2, show their desire, their yearning for the atoning blood of the Savior to be applied to their spiritual account with God, uh, to their souls. And then you see that beautiful fruit in verse 3, the great answer to the question of how can I know when I've been forgiven, when the Lord has forgiven me of my sins, you've got a, you're filled with joy. As the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, uh, you have a peace of conscience that's uh, that brings this sweet relief. And it's because, as, as noted there, because of the faith that's been expressed in Jesus Christ. I love that. I think one of the things, I think that you just explained that so perfectly. You know, you mentioned this, really this prepping that they had, this sermon that King Benjamin gave that we all love. Um, you said that it was that beauty and clarity and directness about who Jesus Christ is and who we are, which I think is the the best base ground or the best foundation, I guess would be a better word, um, to what, what we need to learn in order to change. Because the word that stuck out to me um, was there in chapter four, verse one, that they, you know, they fell to the earth for fear of the Lord had come upon them. And the question I wrote next to it in my scriptures was, is fear good? Um, We talk about fear of the Lord a lot, and sometimes maybe that can have this negative connotation. But I think when we really realize 
what fear of the Lord is. It's that we're realizing all of those things that you mentioned, who Jesus Christ is and who we are and our dependence upon him, which I think that, like you explained, these people display so perfectly. It, it kind of makes me think of, I heard someone explain once that uh, humility is a two-part character trait. It's not just having a realistic and uh, maybe down-to-earth view of yourself and your own limitations, but also having an equally realistic uh, and elevated view of of who God is and what he can do. And it sounds like that's what you're saying. That's what these people have experienced is uh, at the same time, they view themselves in their own carnal state, their own nothingness, they're the dust of the earth, but they're also seeing the goodness and the power and the majesty of God um, it makes me think, um, I can't remember who told me this, that um, the Alcoholics Anonymous, the first three steps summarized as shortly as possible are step one, I can't. Step two, God can. Step three, I think I'll let him help. I love that. I, that's wonderful. and It's neat to see to see that play out with these people, this this yearning that you feel coming from their soul to let him help. They want they want that that sacrifice that Jesus Christ willingly made on their behalf to be effective in their lives. And I love as well, this just clicked. You see that they uh one other thing that may have contributed through their willingness to seek this at the end of chapter two, verse 41, where King Benjamin invites them to consider on the blessed and happy state of those that keep the commandments of God. And the, you two touched wonderfully on this in your podcast last week about the meaning of these blessings being blessed in all things, both temporal and spiritual. Uh, now blessings now in this life, as well as in the life to come that He's, he's spoken about happiness, spoken about the Savior, about the our, our fallen carnal nature and the natural man or woman, uh, talk, spoken about judgment, and now they get to this, um, you just bring those together and it just can create this willingness to want to be better and to want to invite Jesus Christ to uh, bring you to a better place, uh, make you into your best self. And I, I, I can testify from personal experience in what he's done in me and what I've witnessed him do in others that he has the power to do this. Yeah. So when you talk about, you know, when we're answering that question, I just, I just, my heart is filled with all of these things that we're talking about of why should we change? It's all of these things. It's understanding who, who Jesus Christ is and who we are and what he can do for us. I think that that's, that's a beautiful example of what they're going through. And also like what you mentioned, what, what you've experienced and seen others. One thing I know, Brandon, we talked about before we were recording that I'm curious to hear your thoughts on is um, they kind of experienced this change in, in phases, right? In chapter four, um, they view themselves. They have a new knowledge. Uh, they're filled with joy. They receive a remission of their sins, and then King Benjamin starts to instruct them on how they can retain that remission of sins. But then in chapter five, 
they describe that change again, but this time the change is of such sufficient strength that uh, King Benjamin walked them through um, creating uh, or entering into a covenant with God. And as part of that covenant, um, receiving a, a, a name that goes along with that covenant. And we talked before a little bit about that. I'm just curious how you see that playing a part with this for these people and maybe what relevance or significance that has for us. Yeah. The, if going back to King Benjamin's intent in gathering the people together, or I guess intentions, one was, as you pointed out last week was to uh, present Mosiah as their new King, but the other was to give them this new name. And here we're going to see this this culmination of this this name being given to them if as uh as stated in chapter 5 verse 8 uh there is no other name given whereby salvation cometh but therefore I would that you should take upon you the name of Christ this he's in verse 7 notes because of the covenant which he had made, ye shall be called the children of Christ, his sons and daughters. For behold, this day he hath spiritually begotten you. For you say that your hearts are changed through faith on his name. Therefore, you are born of him and have become his sons and his daughters. This, by the way, is one of the most helpful explanations. Zach, you and I were talking about this. The most health, one of the most helpful explanations of that idea that Jesus Christ is our father. He is the father of our spiritual rebirth. We begin this, this new life, this, this potential for uh, exaltation is realized because of the rebirth he facilitates in us. We have a decision to make to take that name on us, to choose to be identified as one of his, as being part of his covenant family and now looking back through these chapters of chapters two through five up to this point, one way to, to read it is King Benjamin is teaching the people both how to take upon themselves that name, but also what that means to be part of the covenant family of Jesus Christ, to be identified as one of Christ's covenant children. Everything from simply keeping commandments that he gives as a way to show he truly is your master, Lord, or God, uh, to this, these elements in chapter two and chapter four of charity, of this, this service that's just rooted in a pure love for other people, because that's, that's who Christ is. So if you're going to be identified with him, this is what you will do. Not just what you will do. This is who you are, who you're striving to become. I, I used to, uh, growing up, I, I always enjoyed when I meet someone for the, or it happened on occasion that I would meet someone for the first time and they'd, they'd hear my name, they'd see me and they'd say, oh, are you one of Dennis and Joyce's kids? And I was always honored to get to say yes. Uh, there was something in these cases about maybe my physical appearance that they could tell, yeah, I'm, I'm one of theirs. 
and to pull from a concept from Alma the Younger, if we're striving to receive the image of Jesus Christ in our countenance, can people identify us as one of his by what they hear us say, by what they see us do, by who we're striving to become? Can they identify us as one of Christ's? I love that. And I love that explanation. That phrase uh, confused me for the longest time. And um, I was studying in Abinadi a little bit today, a little bit later on in Mosiah. And I don't want to cheat too much because I know we'll do an episode on that. But um, looking at the timing, the teachings of Abinadi probably come before the teachings of King Benjamin. And I've heard a wide, wild out there theory that maybe the angel that comes to King Benjamin was Abinadi. I don't know if that's true or not, but their messages are very similar. And one of the similarities is they both talk about Christ being our father or us being uh, begotten of Christ. Um, And that always confused me until someone explained to me what you're talking about, that Christ fathers us because he, he gives birth to a new life for us. And so, you know, if I think about, my heavenly father was the mediator or the means by which I changed from intelligence, uh, whatever that is, to a spirit, an actual spirit, son of, of God. And that's why he's my heavenly father, because he instituted or instigated that change. My earthly father instigated that change from a heavenly, from a spirit to a bodied man. And so that's why he's my earthly father. And so each of these fathers uh, helps me change from one state to another. And there's always a new name that goes with it, right? When I'm born, my parents give me a name because they've helped me to change. And in a very similar way, I, when I change from a carnal, devilish, dust of the earth person to someone who's striving to become better and striving to help other people become better, that's a change in my nature. I'm no longer a natural man. I'm striving to become like a saint or like a child. And that change has a father and it has a name. And I love that King Benjamin, or that, yeah, that King Benjamin points out both of those, that there's, uh, we are the children of Christ. He becomes our father and we take upon us the name of Christ. We're now his sons and daughters because he's helped us to make that change. I think that's perfect and beautiful and wonderful, but sometimes that can be a little intimidating to think, whoa, this is big. You know, this is a big change. And a lot of us have a long way to go with that change. Maybe all of us do. Um, But I just couldn't help recognizing as I was reading some of the the ways that these people changed and how they did it. Um, And something that just stood out to me is just not only that in thinking he's our father and he helps us change, but how does he do that? He really is aiding us and helping us. Um, In chapter five, verse two, it says, Um, because of the spirit of the Lord omnipotent, which has wrought a mighty change in us. So they have the spirit helping them. We have the spirit helping us. And then in verse three, it says, and we ourselves also through the infinite goodness of God and the manifestations of his spirit have great views of that which is to come. Um, And when we're likening this to ourselves as we change, I think this can be really powerful. Um, And lastly, how do we change? I would even say, why should we change and how do we change? It's through our faith. And this is what they say in verse chapter five, verse four. And it is the faith which we have had on the things which our king has spoken unto us that has brought us 
to this great knowledge whereby we do rejoice with such exceedingly great joy. And I think that kind of wraps up a little bit of um, how we can change and, you know, how we do it is that just like these people had those things, like Jesus is willing to help us change. He wants to help us change. He's eager to. Um, and we have those same promises that these people experienced. Well, some That's a, that's really well said. And something you mentioned in there uh, resonates with me, mentioning that it can kind of be intimidating, um, both this process and, and this element as well of being identified as, as one of Christ's covenant children, uh, being the third child in my family with, with two great older brothers and incredible younger sister, I uh, sometimes didn't do so well with being identified as a porter because I wasn't them. And I, I've almost worried I was letting, letting the family down because I didn't feel like I could be them. And bless my mother, she tried repeatedly to help me understand that I was I was my own person and to be my own person. But there were some shared characteristics that as members of our family, we all held or had and sought to emulate. And that once I realized that, that I could be me within this, this Porter family context, it was liberating. And I, I believe the same principle applies as we, we can be ourselves within this, this uh, Christ family context. But we're also looking at these, these principles, these shared principles that we're striving to, to embody. And I found that there, is, uh, there are several defining characteristics of followers of Jesus Christ. And one of them is that they are a, uh, a repentant people. I love where repentance shows up here throughout the Book of Mormon. Some of my heroes in the Book of Mormon are people who repented. They're not perfect people. They, they reflect one of my favorite words that has uh, in the New Temple Recommend interview questions, or at least it's, it, it's repeated in a few of the questions, and it's the word strive. We, we sincerely seek to do our very best. Uh, but we recognize there are times where we may fall short, but as covenant children of Christ, we go back. Uh, well, it's not even going back. We proactively daily seek to repent, to, to be a little bit better, to change, just to be a little more like Jesus Christ, uh, to be kinder, uh, to be more service-minded, to be gentler. But we, we try to, we, we strive to emulate him. That's so good and so true. Well, Brandon, we can't thank you enough for, for being with us and, and, and for teaching and sharing. And um, so thank you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. Um, I wanted to read just one verse to close. One idea that I've loved from King Benjamin that I think kind of ties together some of the things you've been teaching is there's this wrestle in his writings or in his preachings with uh, the people receiving a remission of their sins 
but he's not just interested in them receiving or experiencing a momentary change. He wants them to retain that change. He wants them to actually become something different. We've all had those experiences where you hear someone speak in sacrament meeting or general conference talk, and it prompts this momentary change that doesn't last very long. And King Benjamin's focus is he wants it to last. And so the very end of chapter five, he says in verse 12, I say unto you, I would that you should remember to retain the name written always in your hearts, that you are not found in the left hand of God, but that you hear and know the voice by which you shall be called, and also the name by which he shall call you. And I love that idea that, um, as you've taught, Brandon, that, that Jesus Christ can help us not just have a better day, but can have a better life. Uh, not just have an inspiring thought, but it can have a change of mind. Cannot just help us feel good things, but have a changed heart. And cannot just help us do something good, but become good, changed people. And if we can retain that name written in our hearts, um, then one day he will call us by the name he's given us. And we'll recognize the name and recognize him and be able to come home. Amen to that. Well, Brandon, thank you again for being with us this week. Thank you for all those out there listening. We hope that you have a great study and that you enjoy your week. Thanks so much.